0: Well, we've been in this series looking at healing broken relationships and uh, looking at relationships in our lives and how God works through relationships in our lives. And I thought this morning we could have a conversation about people in our lives who may not be the easiest to love. Difficult people. Often we refer to them as EGRs, extra grace required kind of people. So, uh, and I want to kind of add a short little caveat before I get into this. Uh, There are people in this room right now who are in situations where you have a legitimate excuse not to worry about how to deal with a difficult person in your life. Uh, There are people in this room who are in abusive situations and uh, you don't need to handle the difficult person. You need to get out of the relationship. Uh, So you do not need to learn how to deal with a difficult person. You need to leave. And so let me just say this also delicately. Uh, There may be uh, children, teens in this room who find themselves uh, also in abusive situations and you do not have a responsibility to learn how to deal with your difficult person. You need to tell somebody what's going on and get out. So with that kind of understanding, um, if we're honest... Almost all of us have someone in our lives, someone we know, someone close to us, who is challenging for us to love. Maybe there is someone in your life who is always negative, super critical. Maybe there's someone in your life who is just very ego-driven. They're just self-absorbed. It seems like the whole world revolves around them. Maybe you know someone who doesn't listen well, or they don't empathize. Or they're not very compassionate. Maybe you know someone who is very pushy with their ideas, their values, their beliefs, their political opinions. Maybe there's someone in your life who is just kind of hurtful. Who has hurt you numerous times and may have taken advantage of you. Maybe there's someone in your life who is just one of those victim people, always blaming others, always feeling the victim... Maybe you have someone in your life who just gets under your skin and you don't even understand why. So just a moment of mass confession. If there's ever been someone in your life who is hard to love, just raise your hand for a moment. All right. Almost all of us have someone in our lives who is difficult to love. And if you didn't raise your hand, maybe that person is you. All right. But here's the thing, following Jesus would be so much easier if it weren't for other people. It would be so much easier to forgive people I like or respect, but how do I deal with people who cut me off in traffic, behave badly, hurt my feelings, just get underneath my skin? Well, in our world, the basic message is you don't have to deal with them. Don't let them bother you. In fact, you don't have to love them. You don't even have to like them. It's just important to be nice, polite, put on a smile when you're around them. But when they're gone, when they're out of the room, just let them have it. That's just sort of the relational rule of thumb in our day. Jesus, though, had quite a different rule. When it came to difficult people, he said in Matthew 5, 43-48, he says, you have heard that it was said... Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And that's very much true in our day. Love the people you love and there are people that you don't like, don't bother with them. But Jesus goes on to say, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be children of your Father in heaven. And he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. In other words, God does not discriminate between people who are easy to love and people who are hard to love. He goes on to say, If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? But be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now you'll notice, Jesus does not seem that interested in how well you love your loved ones. People who are easy to love. People who love you, who respect you, who look like you, who think like you. Jesus seems to not be so concerned with that. He seems quite concerned with people who are difficult to love. The ex that cheated on you. That boss who didn't treat you well. That friend or colleague who stabbed you in the back and spread rumors about you. In other words, we cannot follow Jesus if we do not love the difficult people in our lives. So how do we do that? Well, that's what I want to talk about this morning. Jesus, on numerous occasions, would teach and train his disciples how to do that exact same thing. And we're going to look at a story. It's an unusual story. Sarah read uh, read it to us earlier. Uh, He uses here an unusual tactic, which we'll see, to help his disciples understand what it means to love difficult people. This story comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15, starting in verse 21. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to follow along. The text begins by saying, Leaving that place. So, where's that place? They're in Galilee. That's where that place is. This is kind of home country. This is familiar country. This is surrounded by friends and family, people they would like, people they would want to be around. It says, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Now, this is important because for a first century Jew, this is code language for pagan land. This is an area that would be a huge threat to their beliefs, their values, a place of idolatry and pagan religion. It was just northwest of Galilee where modern-day Lebanon is located. This is the last place you would find a Jewish rabbi and his disciples. This is a place where you find difficult people. And then it says a Canaanite woman. And that's really important. The adjective there, Canaanite, is only used one time in the New Testament, and it's right here. It's a word filled with disrespect, kind of a smug attitude. It's the way a Democrat would use the word conservative, or a conservative would use the word liberal. It's just filled with judgment and disrespect. She's a Canaanite woman, not just a Gentile woman, a Canaanite woman. Text says a Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. And notice this, Jesus did not say a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. She is bothersome. She's a Canaanite woman. We don't want to be around her. He answers, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Now that's a curious response. We'll come back to that. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Now, is anyone else being a little perplexed by this story? It is almost like the paparazzi have kind of caught Jesus having a really bad day. Kind of an embarrassing moment that got caught on camera. A needy woman approaches him and he basically ignores her and seems to insult her. In fact, this seems like the kind of way to not treat a difficult person. But if you slow down and look closely, there are a series of lessons we can learn that can help us to learn to love the difficult people in our lives today. And I want to walk through five lessons this morning, five lessons. Last week, somebody said, I really like it when you use points. So I'm using five points today. And the first point is, silence your need to be nice. Silence your need to be nice. When it comes to difficult people, you must silence that need, that compulsion. Many people in churches, many Christ followers will have that sense that my job, my number one goal in following Jesus is just to make sure, if anything else, I'm just kind of nice. Be a nice human being. You see, when the Canaanite woman first approached Jesus, Jesus does not respond, and it seems kind of rude, but actually his silence is culturally appropriate. We'll look at that in a moment. But his silence rebukes our way of wanting to fill the gap with just being nice. A nice smile, a polite remark, you know, an untrue but polite comment about someone. We all do this. Christians can often be professionals at just being nice. But here's the deal. Nowhere in the Gospels does Jesus say the number one goal for you in dealing with people is to just be nice. Nowhere does Jesus say that. You go back and look. Nowhere does he say that. Because trying to be nice is not being loving. And you are not called to be nice you are called to love and often being nice is an actual impediment to learning to love because when we're not when we're just nice and not loving the truth never comes out okay here's the deal you can't not love someone if you're just trying to be nice You can't love someone if your number one goal, if the number one thing you're trying to get out of that moment is just kind of a nice, pleasant, polite interaction. If you just try to smooth over a conflict with a polite remark, if you just try to use flattery to win people's affection, or if you just use some kind of nicety to avoid a hard conversation. Now, this doesn't mean the alternative here is to be cruel or unkind. But if you want to love a difficult person, the first thing you have to do is let go of your need to be nice. That's number one. Lesson number two, avoid avoidance. Avoid avoidance. So often when it comes to difficult people, the one thing we want to do is just avoid them. Get around them. Be away from them. Try not to be in the same room with them. Just avoid You think back to this story here. Jesus remains silent, but his disciples do not. And they have a problem with her, but they come to him. They come to Jesus. And they don't talk to the woman. They avoid her, and they come to him, and they say, Can you send her away? They want to do what we want to do, which is just to avoid altogether. They don't have the guts to talk to her. We do this all the time in our lives, don't we? We avoid hard conversations. We avoid difficult people. We want to steer clear of something that feels uncomfortable, someone we feel like might be difficult or demanding, needy, or take advantage of. And Jesus does not do that. He does not avoid her. One of the most surprising things about this story is that he does speak to this woman. Because in that day, it would be culturally inappropriate for a Jewish man, especially a Jewish rabbi, to speak to a Canaanite woman, but he does. He converses with her. He does not avoid. He doesn't do the safe thing and run away. He engages. And he takes a risk because he understands that avoidance, though it feels good and safe in the moment, is a terrible way to deal with difficult people. Because when we avoid, frustrations build. When we avoid, hard feelings just grow stronger. When we avoid, misunderstandings fester and they spread. To love difficult people you're going to have to engage them in some way. Maybe that means having a hard conversation. Maybe that means taking some initiative to just let them know how you feel. Maybe that means apologizing or asking for an apology. Maybe that means offering forgiveness or offering a second chance. Maybe if the situation feels overly complicated, you need to talk to a mentor, a counselor, a pastor, get advice on how to take that next step. But we have to avoid avoidance. That's the second lesson. Number three, respect your boundaries. Respect your boundaries. You must know and respect your own boundaries. Jesus does this in this story. When the disciples come to him, they say, we've got to get rid of her. And what does Jesus say? Very curious thing. He says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Now some context about that. Jesus clearly taught that the gospel was to go first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. That was his mission. But why reiterate that here in Gentile country to a Gentile woman? Why just let everybody know, hey, her problem is not my problem? Because that was true. Her problem was not his problem. And he understood his boundaries. Jesus was quite clear all the way through his life what he was responsible for and what he wasn't responsible for. That's the idea of having boundaries. And to have healthy relationships, you must have healthy boundaries. I must be able to distinguish... What am I responsible for, and what is the other person responsible for? And this is important when it comes to difficult people because, with difficult people, it is easy to take responsibility for their choices. Maybe you feel guilty or obligated around their needs or their requests. Maybe you even blame them for the feelings you have when you're around them. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Who makes us angry? not somebody else i make me angry you see when i do that that's a lack of boundary i'm not taking responsibility for my feelings and my choices the same thing happens when i feel responsible for someone else's behavior someone else's choices i feel guilty obligated or they're going to be disappointed if i don't do something for them You see, when dealing with difficult people, whoever they may be in our lives, when we lack boundaries, it makes it impossible to love. Jesus said this thing that sounded kind of harsh. Her problem is not my problem. And guess what? That gave him freedom to engage. He did it because he didn't feel obligated. He didn't have to do anything. He wasn't worried about her feeling disappointed at the end of the day. And that gave him freedom to listen, to engage, and to show love. You see, when you're clear about what your responsibility is and what isn't, there's freedom to love the difficult, demanding, or needy person in your life. And that brings us to the fourth lesson in this story. And this one's really important. Confront your prejudices. Confront your prejudices. Confront your bias. Your sense of judgmentalism, self-righteousness. You see, after disciples tried to send the woman away, she comes over to Jesus and she simply asks him for help. It's an innocent, vulnerable moment. Help me, she says. And then Jesus says this surprising thing. He says, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Now, why would Jesus say something like that? You know, we live in a world where dogs are kind of cuddly and celebrated and cute. And we love them. Uh, I saw a sign, an advertisement in a store recently uptown uh, where a dog can now get a massage. And it made me kind of think, You know, if your dog is stressed out, it doesn't need a massage. It needs a new owner, all right? I don't know. Just kind of the way it came across. But in that day, dogs were despised. They were seen as unclean, filthy animals. And what's worse, in first century, a first century Jew would normally think of that in this Canaanite woman. She's just a filthy animal. That was their bias. That was their prejudice. That's how they thought, which helps us understand why Jesus is actually putting words to their bias. See, most scholars believe Jesus is not looking directly at her and speaking down to her. Jesus is actually looking at his disciples. And he is looking at them and testing them, bringing words to their thoughts, saying what they're thinking. And it makes sense because if you think about Jesus, he never treated women this way. He doesn't ma- it doesn't match the way he treats women. And it doesn't match the way he eventually treats this woman in this story. And if you remember, this is important, Jesus, what did Jesus say he had come to do? He was here for the lost sheep of Israel. He was not here to test the faith of this woman. He was here to taste, test the faith the assumptions, the biases of the disciples. Which is why he put words to their thoughts. The disciples showed up feeling morally superior, looking down at this woman, judging her based on externals, thinking she's not worthy of our time or our love. And they would have been thinking exactly what Jesus said, and he just says it out loud. He says it just out loud. Ever do this where you're thinking something and then all of a sudden you go, oops, did I say that out loud? Jesus does this. Listen to what a scholar named Kenneth Bailey said about this story in his work entitled Jesus Through Middle Eastern Eyes. He says, Jesus is saying to his disciples, I know you think Gentiles are dogs and you want me to treat them as such. But, pay attention. This is where your biases lead. Are you comfortable with this? Are you comfortable with it? And of course, we're not comfortable with it. But as disciples seem to be, because they don't say a word. Question for you this morning. What if Jesus said what you are thinking about the people in your life? What if Jesus said out loud what you thought of other people? Would you be comfortable with it? Jesus is really testing the faith of his disciples and they're not passing the test. He is saying before you reach out and label this woman, first take a look at your own heart and what's going on there. You know, when I think about my own heart, my own life, so often the things I don't like in other people are just the things I see in myself. You know, I can't believe that person. They just talk too much. You know, that person doesn't listen well. They're dismissive of others. That person can be so self-absorbed. It's all about them all the time. And then I realize I do all those things. If you want to love that difficult person in life, you've got to ask yourself the question, am I not also a difficult person to love? Because the truth is, the hardest person for God to love in my life is me. Because I know what's in here. I know my thoughts, my actions, my beliefs, my choices. I know what I'm capable of. And the truth is, I am the most difficult person there is to love. But the good news is that God says to difficult people, I still love you. How does God think about his enemies? I still love you. And that's his message. Not just for the difficult person in your life, that's his message for you. I still love you. And why? Because 2,000 years ago on a cross, Jesus died not for people who were easy to love, but for people who were the hardest to love. I still love you. And that leads to the fifth lesson that we can learn. Simply this. If you want to do this, if you want to not just be nice, if you want to Avoid avoidance. If you want to understand your boundaries, check your prejudices, you're going to have to ask God for help. You cannot love that difficult person in your life by trying to well up the strength and just go do it. This is not a matter of sheer determination, willpower, and effort. You're going to need all the help you can get. And you know, we don't learn this lesson from the disciples who I wish we would learn from. We learn this from the Canaanite woman who on her knees goes before the Lord with those two words. Two words. Help me. Help me. She spins his line right back to him. She says, even the little dogs get their crumbs from their master's table. As if to say, Jesus, I know you can do something. It's not because I can deserve it. I might even be that difficult person, but I know you can do something. I will trust you. Help me. And how does Jesus respond? Woman, you have great faith. He uses an amazing Greek word, Greek word megas, which is we get the English word mega. You have mega faith, you have a kingdom sized faith, you have a huge faith faith because in a moment where you could have cowered away run away just avoided you leaned in you took courage and you said god help me that's faith when it comes to difficult people we don't love just by our own strength we can only love by faith so let me ask you do you trust god enough to ask for his help Do you trust God enough right now to ask for his help with that difficult person in your life? Well, we're going to close. And we're going to close by simply asking for God's help. And I want to invite you right now to think about that difficult person in your life. Just kind of picture that difficult person in your life. Maybe you just kind of close your eyes and you can just kind of think of them right at this moment. And we're going to pray for them. But I want to challenge how we normally pray. Normally when I pray for a difficult person, I start this way. I say, God, make them change. God, make them apologize. God, make them grow up. God, make them get better. God, make them go away. God, make them. We're going to change that prayer. We're going to learn from that Kenanite woman and change how we pray. God, help me. God, help me be more patient. God, help me to see them the way you see them. God, help me to get to know their story and the reasons maybe why they are the way they are. God, help me initiate. God, help me to have that hard conversation. God, help me love. God, help me forgive. God, help me to do what feels impossible for me to do. God, help me. Just imagine what could happen. If a church was willing not to just love the people we like, but to love the people we don't. Just imagine the difference, the contrast, that would be in the world in which we live. People would literally go, what in the world's going on there? People who actually love their enemies. So we're going to ask God for help right now. If you would just close your eyes and pray with me, we're going to ask for help. So, dear God, we need your help. So often in life, we are those difficult people. We can be challenging to love, demanding, needy, selfish, a little indulgent, self righteous, judgmental. And it is so easy to avoid looking at our own hearts. And just looking out at those we might define as difficult and frustrating, people we want to avoid. So God, help us. God, right now, help us. Break our hearts. Help us receive this morning that amazing grace for the most difficult people in the world right here in this room. For people who can be sometimes selfish and demanding, For those of us who can be arrogant and judgmental, for those of us who are always blaming others, God help us just to receive your grace, that love, that message, that I still love you. God help us to know that. God, as we let those words sink deeper into our lives, deeper into our hearts, challenge us this morning to go out this week and to love people differently. Take little steps at loving people just a little differently, of listening a little more, understanding a little more, being a little more patient, a little more gracious. God, free us from that reflex to just be nice. God, help us to not default into avoidance. God, give us the courage to respect our boundaries, know what we're responsible for, and check our hearts so we always know what's really going on inside us, not just what we think about other people. God, help us to love. Help us love better. Help us love like you do. May we be the kind of community that's known not just for liking the people we like, but for loving the people we don't. Help us to do that, Jesus, this week. We pray all this in your name, in Jesus' name. Amen.